Welcome to Dietitian Boss. My name is Libby Rothschild. I'm the CEO and founder of the Dietitian Boss Method. Our company is here to help you get started in private practice even before you think you're ready. I've created a proprietary process to help you increase visibility, create organic content, enroll clients into an offer, and learn sales skills that don't even feel salesy. Listen every week to your colleagues as they're being interviewed, and we chat about their progress and success from when they got it started from zero to all the way to creating million-dollar businesses and beyond. Hello and welcome. I'm here today with Mary Mick, dietitian boss. I'm super excited to have her share her journey, her story, your motivations, and her progress being a dietitian with you listeners today. So welcome to today's episode, Mary. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Libby. I am thrilled and excited to have you on and sharing your story. And I know a lot of dietitians are going to be inspired to learn with you. Can you share your social handle so people can put a face to the name? Yes, of course. So I'm on Instagram as mary.v.nutritionist. Awesome. Fantastic. So for the listeners, definitely check out Mary and her inspiration online. And then we're going to talk about it today. So can you just introduce a little bit about yourself in context of who do you help and maybe a little bit about how that's evolved as far as your messaging, just so people can get a sense of how you're different and what's unique about you as a dietitian? Yeah, of course. So I consider myself an intuitive eating dietitian or a food freedom dietitian. And this started from really two aspects. So in college, my senior year, I took nutrition counseling and we read the intuitive eating book, which is a staple in food freedom. And I was so inspired that it was about behavior and mental health and food, of course. And so that's always kind of stuck with me. And then also in college, I took an extra course to do more nutrition counseling because I loved it so much. So that was always in my back pocket. But when I really wanted to become a dietitian, I was sort of just working with friends here and there. And they're like, hey, I'm looking for some nutrition services. And I was like, I'll do it. Didn't really know what I was getting into, but mainly they were looking for weight loss. And when I've always just been curious, I've always asked why a million times. I was probably that annoying kid that they're like, oh my gosh, she's always asking why. (laughs) But as I kept asking why to my, my peers and my friends, why they wanted to lose weight, why did they not feel confident? Why did they feel like they needed to look a certain way or eat certain things? It all fell back on that intuitive eating stuff that I learned in college. So it didn't make sense to me to just focus on the food or the macros, right? Or the calories or carbs. But if we're not addressing people's behavior and their mental health and the social circles that they're in, it doesn't seem to do very good. So that's why I've evolved my practice into a food freedom uh, practice, because there's so much more to nutrition than just food. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your background. And then as far as kind of joining the program and codifying your message, do you feel that that's something that you recently have tightened up or do you feel your messaging has kind of always been since you knew you wanted to go intuitive eating food freedom route? Do you feel like you've had that in the bag? No, I don't think I've had it in the bag. (laughs) I think, you know, when you go on specifically Instagram and you look up the hashtag food freedom or intuitive eating, honestly, it is so muddy out there. Like, and that happens in general with health and nutrition. And so I really wanted to be a voice saying, Hey, I'm a dietitian. I'm certified. I know this material. I can help you with this material. And you can find success in your life with this material. And I think using Dietitian Boss, it helped me tighten up that message. So if someone does look up hashtag intuitive eating, they come across my content, they know that this is something that they can really rely on and trust. 
Amazing. That is such an, thank you for sharing that. That's one of the, you know, tangible outcomes that we'd like to provide. And that is a huge outcome. If you're able to be seen and heard in the space that you intend to serve and show up, like that's great. I do have some follow-up questions with that, but I want the conversation to flow as you intend it to. So maybe we'll come back to that because I have a few more questions about content. I know we talked about that earlier, but thank you for sharing that. That's great. And how does it feel as far as like you're, you know, being aligned and doing, representing what you love in context of behavior and intuitive eating? It feels really good. I mean, I think through this process, I've been surprised that there's not a lot of intuitive eating dietitians out there. I mean, as you know, and as you worked and lived, clinical is the cornerstone of dietetics. And that's not a lot of the way that people want to go. And that wasn't me. So I am happy to be in this field and be a dietitian in this field. I absolutely love that. And again, practicing in alignment with what you believe according to you know what you want to do is really beautiful where you can live out your purpose, right? And 60% of dietitians go into clinical according to the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics and not all clinical hospitals, maybe some, but at least not the ones I worked in really advocated or permitted or allowed that kind of leniency as far as practicing what you believe in. It was very much what they wanted, or it was very much weight loss focused. So knowing that there's so many different nutrition outcomes that people people want and that practitioners resonate with. It's to have the freedom to advocate for that and live that on your own terms on social is a beautiful thing. So I'm glad that you feel aligned and I'm glad that you're you know, saying that you are there when people pull up those hashtags. It's an opportunity for you. I think that's something that a lot of listeners still don't understand the importance of that, right? Because if we want to be the food nutrition experts, as the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics says that we are, right? They say we are food nutrition experts, right? We took this exam and went through all our schooling to be experts. And then I challenged that next step to be like, how do you show that? And what do you do to be an expert? And it's really through being seen and heard on social. And then once you're able to find, I mean, sure, dietitian is one thing. People search dietitian and you're seen, but like being seen within your specialty, right? Whether it's pediatrics or performance or life cycle or, you know, menopause, or in your case, intuitive eating food freedom to be seen and heard under that, that realm and that bucket and know that there's a space that you've created online is really powerful. And it's something that clinical can't, you know, really provide, maybe not widespread. Don't quote me, there might be some opportunities, but it's not really commonplace the way it is when you do it on your own terms. Yeah, I totally agree. What have been some of your, as far as getting started with social and with the framework, can you share a little bit about inspirations? I know there's been COVID and some other personal stuff. Would you be willing to share a little bit about your journey in forms of taking your business to the next level, whether it be messaging or in a consistency with lives or any variation of what you do for visibility on, on social and in your business? Yeah. So I got involved with Dietitian Boss around like summer, fall of 2021. And it seemed fun. Like it seemed seemed really fun. I was certified being a dietitian for about a year, but not practicing. And I was like, girl, you went to school for this. Like you just got out of your intern, got out of your internship. Like this is something you love, like let's do it. And so I found that this would be really cool. And really what happened, I guess there's a couple waves of inspiration, but the first thing was I was just really wanting to lean into, again, being a dietitian. So I interviewed for a clinical job mm-hmm. around the time that I did Dietitian Boss or started Dietitian Boss. Yep. And I was coming home and I had the initial thought was like, wow, I really hope I get this job. And then a split second later, I'm like, Mary, 
no, you don't, you do not wish you had this job. And so that's the day that I made the reel on my page. It's of me like falling on a bed and I'm like, ah, just interviewed for a clinical job. And then there's all these pop-ups, like you never liked MNT. This is the pay. These are the hours. And then I stand up and I'm like, wait, why did I do that? Like, that's the day that I made that reel. And I just thought it was like such a funny handoff of like, you started dietitian boss, you did this clinical interview. This is the reality of like you not wanting to do it. So I guess there was that. I love that story, Mary. And I'm going to go look back at that reel. And I think that's so let's just pause there for a moment with yeah. that, those feelings. So when you had the job interview and opportunity, what actually made you like what happened at that point? You didn't take it and you decided you didn't want to take it. What gave you the courage to do that? Because a lot of people in your position, many people, including myself, would just be like, oh, I need to get started. I need those two years of clinical. So what really motivated you to just say no? Was it the pay? Was it a combination? I honestly think it's two things. One of them is I have a job already that's not dietitian boss and I had it at the time. So I was like, this could be supplemental income, like if I am clinical. So I could do that. But honestly, why would you put effort and time in doing something you don't like? So that's where I scratched it. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But the biggest thing for me was I was being interviewed and there were three other dietitians about my age who were in the hospital. And while they're interviewing me, I felt, I don't know, Libby, I just felt like I could read their minds and they're all like, you don't want to be here. And maybe I'm just making that up. But like from my internship, from being an undergrad, a lot of us did not want to do MNT. We didn't want to be in these clinical classes. We wanted to be so much more and so much more vibrant. And so just seeing these new dietitians interviewing me, I'm like, girls, I feel you. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I didn't ever want to feel like fake that I liked a job. That's really ultimately what motivated me to not go through with it. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. And I think that you have a lot of courage to be able to say, first of all, people skills to pick up on that, right? And say like, mm, you might not be loving your job here. And then you had a backup plan. So you had another position to help hold you over until you can find fulfillment and alignment with you know, ramping up your own practice, which is most people's dreams who are listening to this podcast and there are different levels and it can feel really awkward of how to get there. And so I really appreciate you sharing of how you've carved that path. For some people like me, when you do accept clinical and then if you fall into some kind of depressive state, I'm not saying everybody, but for me personally, it did a toll to my confidence for sure. So I love that you were able to employ other options and really you know, be aware of that. I think that's really, really inspiring. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And then as far as your journey, let's talk a little bit about your content strategy, because when you first were posting and when we first connected before you joined Dietitian Boss, I saw you definitely posted. I saw pictures of you. I felt your personality and your energy. I know you're an extrovert and I felt that in your content, but I also didn't see as many pictures of you as I do now. So now I see your face a lot and I see video. And like you mentioned with the previous reel, a lot of personality. So can you talk about like how, what's changed to help you motivate? you to do that? And how does it feel as far as the content strategy? Because a lot of listeners are scared to do that, or they don't know kind of how to be consistent. So can you share what you've done to help you get up and running? Totally. Yeah. My page was initially just my personal page. So if you scroll back, you'll see pictures of just a plate or of a mountain or something like that. And I think I've always just been aware of like what people are attracted to, what people like. And when I say attracted to, I mean, just like drawn to. And so if I look back at my content, I would notice that if I have a picture of a plate of food, I would get like five likes. 
But if I had a picture of me laughing or smiling, it would get 80 likes. So there's just that basic concept of like, people are attracted to people, people are drawn to people. And so I think that connects with what you say about hashtag show your face. It's so true. Kind of a fun fact. When I was in college, I was taking a photography class and I can't articulate it perfectly, but essentially some of the photographers partnered with like our iSchool, which is our IT school. And they did eye tracking and they showed all these different photos of people, of bugs, of places, whatever. And what people look at immediately are faces. So people immediately are drawn to faces. And so they took that data, looked even further and had different expressions and different close up or far away. And if someone looked happy and they were close up, that was one of the most attractive thing to people. So again, Libby, that totally aligns with show your face and be there because I think truly people are connected to people. And if you have your personality and you're laughing and you're smiling and you're loving what you do, it just feels natural to hop on camera and just talk about the stuff that you love. I agree. I love it. And thanks for sharing that story. That's fantastic. But what about vulnerability? Was it hard for you to show your face? Did you have any insecurities about that? I know you've ramped up video. Has that been challenging on a kind of mental level or no for you? Honestly, no. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. no. And I think though, like I will say I could put myself in the shoes as to someone who might feel nervous because they're like, I don't look good for Instagram. I didn't dress up. I didn't do my hair. And so to me, I'm like, you're just going to get me. Like sometimes I'm dressed up. Sometimes I'm not. I want to be real with you because I feel like that's reflective of my dietitian work. I want people to be real with me. I want them to trust me and feel like this is a partner that I have who I can look to for guidance. And so for me to be like totally dressed up and try to be perfect for Instagram, it just doesn't align with the clientele that I work with. So yeah. for me, it, didn't, it wasn't a big deal. So I love your confidence and I think that's inspiring for the listeners. So, but I will say you did go from not posting often of your face to posting a lot more. So what motivated you to do more? Was it just the focus? Was it the determination? If it wasn't mindset, like it is for, I know, you know, your peers, they, they struggle a lot with this. And I hear that you're not struggling as much with it, but then what motivated you to five X what you were doing before? To me, I think it would be consistency and you look at scroll through all my reels and they're all my face. Like everyone is my face. And it's because again, with what you're saying, what I know about that eye tracking thing and so on, it's just what draws people to listen and to know you and to know me. So the consistency is huge. Yeah. I mean, I've, I fully agree. I feel like when you're consistent, you put down the walls for vulnerability. And in your case, it, for you, you were good with it. So it sounds like just having that focus and that schedule helped you uncover your true authentic self. And that's really nice to hear. And obviously it's been great. I mean, I'd love to hear some of the outcomes. Are you getting traction and people interested? Can you talk a little bit about the benefits of you being consistent and showing your face on social? Yeah. So what I noticed is when I post a reel, I will see who starts to like it, who's not a follower. And occasionally I will reach out to them and message them and say like, Hey, Sam, I just saw that you liked my reel. Thank you so much. Like what inspired you to like it or something? But if I don't do that and I see someone new follows me specifically after I post a reel, I always message them. Hey, Libby, thanks so much for the follow. What inspired you to follow? 
And I noticed that a lot of people do respond. Like I'm starting to get more interested in holistic health or looking at the whole body for health or whatever it might be. And I'm like, let's go. Hopefully like my content, you know, this is where my link is. If you're interested in booking a discovery call and trying to make it like this combination of friendly and welcoming and thankful, but also saying, I have a service here. Like, yeah, you can just scroll through my reels and like them. But if you really want to get some cool information and change your life, like, let me help you. This is what I do for work. Like, check the link in my bio. I love it. And that's so authentic because you have really two, what I'm hearing is two main objectives. You want to inspire and be a resource for free. And then you also want to funnel people who are more interested in paying you to your paid service. And that's, I think a lot of dietitians miss that. And they think it has to be all about sales or they don't have any content up. And you've done a perfect job at kind of reminding us that it's more to it than just not showing up at all or sales. There's also that middle ground. And I think this is something I need to stress more when you as a dietitian put out free content and content that less lands and resonates like intuitive eating. And that's a niche, right? This is, you know, the food freedom is a specialty. There's a lot of beauty in learning what people are receiving and engaging with them, even if they don't become a client, because not everybody's going to be our clients. Even the most popular busy accounts, you know, they have a percentage of people that will purchase from them. So I think it's important for dietitians to realize the percentage that doesn't purchase, we are a resource for them. And if we're not a resource, somebody else will be And embracing that your content is a form of, you know, free resource, as well as it will, you know, funnel up to some paid is a really good message to send across. So I think you sum that up really nicely. And I'm also picking up on a really positive attitude. Like you don't seem frustrated or upset. You seem like really grateful that you're, you know, getting traction and then also grateful that it's an opportunity to sell, which is going to set you up for a lot of success in the future. Yeah. And I think too, like just a note on mindset, that's huge. That is huge. And yes, I think naturally I just, I always say I'm a forever cheerleader. I was a cheerleader in high school and I just, that's just my natural personality. But there are times where I'm like, what the heck? I only got one client to sign up. I thought I was doing so well. And you kind of get in the mindset, but for real, like going into the modules of Dietitian Boss and talking about mindset and there's mindset calls, that is so helpful because not only you have you or someone from the Dietitian Boss team to say, hey, like let's reframe this, but you have a crew of other dietitians who are probably experiencing this too, because they're also growing their business. So they're your cheer team. They're saying, Hey, you got this. And that's been really helpful. I love that. And especially because so few of us own a business to have that community of people on the same journey who are also leveraging social is really nice because they get it right. So it's kind of, it's like having your tribe, no matter where you are and then connecting with people and you wouldn't have otherwise connected with whether they're in another country, or maybe they're in a a different specialty, like life cycle or something. You might've not stumbled across them if you were just connecting with intuitive dietitians. So that's a really great way for you to strengthen. So I appreciate you pointing that out. Do you have any specific story when it comes to mindset in recent or just that you want to share? Because I think it can really help the listeners understand how important it is to identify and then really focus on transitioning to the growth-oriented mindset to reach your goals and create more impact. Definitely. So my boyfriend and I realized in October that we wouldn't be together. We just, you know, amicably decided it's, we just wanted different things in life. And of course I was a little down and things were different and whatnot, but I feel really grateful for the time that we had. And we both decided to split, honestly, just this weekend, like it took a while, but we wanted each other to be safe and financially good and all that. But for sure, like, I think trying to figure out my life the last few months was really difficult. And I think on the surface, it can seem like change is really 
sad or really difficult and so on. I mean, granted, there are parts of that that are, but to me, I saw that as an opportunity to grow and develop and be better and be this Mary 2.0 and so on. And so connecting that with Dietitian Boss, like that is completely in align with that mindset of growth. Yes, you have growing pains. That's inevitable, but growth means progress. Growth means learning. And so having this Dietitian Boss program as like a backbone for me in this transition was so helpful, not just because there was community, but I saw an opportunity for me to have this private practice to do what I really want to do. And it was honestly always something to look forward to when I was having not so great days in this process of a breakup. So I think it's just important to acknowledge that growth is difficult, but growth is progress. And that's so important. Mindset is so important when it comes to being a dietitian and being your own boss. I really appreciate you sharing that. And thank you for your vulnerability. And thank you for trusting me and the audience to share something personal, which is very relatable about relationships and breakups. What I love also is the Mary 2.0. I love that you mentioned that. And you know, there's sadness, there's transitions, and then there's also like looking within and reflecting and really pushing through and having community. And so I think that's really inspiring because a lot of us, various hardships. And so I appreciate hearing your story. We don't always know what to do, right? And our personality in those moments of extreme stress, some of us crumble. Some of us don't, don't know how to respond. And I love that you're persevering. You had an extreme hardship and you're saying that you know, you're know you able to identify, check in and still find a way to move forward on your terms. And I think that's really inspiring. Yeah. There's a lot of growth. A lot of growth, Mary. That's, that's great. Anything else you want to share as far as advice for a dietitian or anything about sales and marketing outside of our conversation that you think would be helpful as we come towards the end? I would say one of the biggest lessons I've learned through this program is consistency. Because when we have a negative mindset or fixed mindset, or we're sad or whatever that might be in our personal life regarding the business, whatever it might be, we become stagnant. And when we become stagnant, everything around us seems that way. And I know this sounds a little like woo woo, but for real, like it's so true in the sense that bringing it back to content, I love making content. It just is like fun to me. And I often am just toggling between the mindset of Mary being her own boss and having this page and drawing people to the page, but also as like the consumer, I'm always toggling between the two. And so again, regarding content, if I find someone's real, for example, and I'm on the more consumer side or just the scroller side, if I see that and I love their real, and then I go to their page, but they don't, they don't have a story posted. They haven't posted another reel for seven days. It's like 30 days. I'm not going to follow them. Like I liked the reel and that was enough. I'm not going to follow them because to me, it doesn't really, it's not adding value. And so then toggling over to the other side, I think, okay, Mary, even if today was a hard day, or even if it's getting late, just all the audio that you saved on Instagram, go make a real draft, like make the caption tomorrow, make the real draft and then post it tomorrow. You can always go back and edit it. And for me, that is so important is the consistency. It does not have to be perfect. Show up, show your face. All of that will create the recipe for people to say, oh my gosh, I want to follow that person. And that's what's really valuable to me. And just to drive it home here, thank you for sharing that. When you mentioned that showing your face isn't a struggle for your personality and you're good with it. But I did mention that when I first connected with you, I didn't see your face as much. What I'm hearing is that consistency provided a foundation and an environment 
for you to do what you naturally do. And it kind of just helped accelerate the process. Right. So that's really powerful. I mean, and not that people who have a harder time showing their face, they can have the same, you know, benefits. It just, it might take other people a different path, right. Cause we're all unique. So some of us might have a longer time, but they might show their face slightly less, right. Than somebody who has lots of problem with it. But ultimately what matters is that foundation of consistency. So I really appreciate you sharing your stories. Thank you for reflecting on some personal stuff. Thank you for talking about alignment and how you turned down a job because it didn't fit and you wanted to do something that did fit. I think that that's really courageous of you to create your own path. And that's really great and inspiring. Last question, I promise. And before we wrap up, I could just talk to you all day, Mary. Being an extrovert as a dietitian is not as common because there are more introverted dietitians than extroverted just by nature of personality profiles of dietitians. It doesn't mean there aren't any extroverts, but there are more introverts. How do you think that being an extrovert or what are some tips that have helped you leverage your personality in your private practice for those listening that are extroverts? Have fun, y'all. It is so fun. Like laugh at yourself, listen to the real audio. And just for me, making silly faces and silly gestures. Like that's what I do in, I guess, quote, real life. Yeah. Well, that's a pun, right? Real life. Hey, (laughs) but like I've even posted on my story before, let's say Mary posts a reel. And then the immediate story after I'm like, guys, that audio was hilarious. Like I'm laughing at myself, just doing it. (laughs) And so I think if you just have fun and you bring your personality, whether that's the category of like, you want to do the dances on reels, or you want to have the silly audio or whatever it might be like, just bring that because if you have fun, it is so easily transferable to other people for them to have fun too. I love that. On that note, I feel like this episode is complete. Can you remind people your handle so they can follow you on social? Mary? Yes. My Instagram is mary.b.nutritionist. Awesome. We are so excited to offer you support in our various programs. If you identify as a beginner and you're looking to lay down the foundations, our society program might be a great fit for you. I encourage you to go to dietitianboss.com under group coaching and apply for our experience, our transformative experience based off of my proprietary system called the Dietitian Boss Method. Additionally, we offer a higher level program called Executive to help you hire and manage a staff as you expand and scale your program, whether you're offering a membership, course, group programming, private coaching, or a combination of various different offerings. We're here to help you on your journey with developing processes and implementing the operational foundation that you need to reach your goals. A lot of our clients want to work 20 hours or less a week. And we're so proud to say that we've helped them achieve that goal. And you'll hear their stories on this podcast. Make sure to stay tuned and apply if you're looking for support to get there faster and meet some colleagues along the way who share your same growth mindset.